help. I'm melting. Help. Mark. It's getting hot in here. So let's so take all our clothes. <laughs> I'm not going to take my clothes in a sexy way. I'm just going to have to take off my clothes and I would take off my skin if I could because it's that goddamn warm. In a tired, angry way. Anyway, well, like, if you play that song like reduced to no, we're not saying to anyone. I want everyone to put that song on, but like reduced to like a third speed, and then just oh, slowly, yeah. sadly, and angrily take off your clothes because that's how hot it is. Sing, sing what you sang to me before we <laughs> before we started this podcast. Uh, it's a heat wave. It's a motherfucking heat wave. <laughs> Yeah, but that was a wee bit too cheery, Mark, because the way you sang it, it was like so angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like slightly that. cheerier now that we've been chatting, though, but yeah, it was. Yeah, so motherfucking <laughs> Is that on the Sister Act, that song? Motherfucking Heatwave. Yeah. But um, Whoopi Goldberg gets them all to replace it with a Jesus fucking Heatwave. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a fucking heat wave. <laughs> I love a Jesus fucking heat wave. Getting steamy with Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> with Christ. I feel like that should, that if if someone hasn't made a porno called Getting Steamy with Christ, it, someone needs to. I want to watch it. <laughs> oh my God. What would the plot be? Just Jesus getting steamy with the twelve apostles, or just whoever he helps, he gets steamy. Maybe Jesus, as well as turning water into wine, could turn water into steam, so make anything into a sauna. And it could be him and all the twelve different apostles, but like he just with one of them, and then be like, "Oh, it's getting mighty hot in here," because he's southern. Famously, Jesus, it's from the American South. Well, I think you've just insulted the entire American South with that. Um, but I think you're right. Probably a no, I think they'd be maybe was, not the. I don't think they're into the homosexuality bit, but the the Jesus being from there, but I think they'd be good with. And the getting steam steamy with Jesus, it would be he would turn water into lube. He can just turn water into anything. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Jesus would be right handy. You wouldn't need to go and get a carry out because Jesus can just get it for get it for you. You don't have to go and get in anything. If you could turn water no. into anything, I could be like, Jesus going to have a new outfit. He's not going to just give you a new outfit for in exchange for nothing. You're going to have to give him something. Is this, is this part of the, the, the like script for the portal? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it is. If you oh, well, there, there is a it. Oh, it's getting mad as steamy in here, Mr. Mac. What do you got to offer me? <laughs> Uh, Mark, I'm gonna make you. <laughs> Did you forget my name there? Yeah. <laughs> and you're named after an apostle, so how the fuck can I forget your name? It's that whole my brain has literally melted. <laughs> oh. My name now. Help me, Jesus. Anyway, this is about. We haven't even said welcome to welcome aboard. You tried and I shouted at you. Welcome aboard the steam train. <laughs> Next this up. is going to be a disaster of a okay, episode. Oh, well, fuck it. Look, it is what it is. We'll just go with it. <laughs> so, eh. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. My brain is jelly. Actual jelly. Uh, right. 
So I've got Louisiana. I've got the Southerners. I've got Louisiana. How do oh, I don't know how to do a Cajun accent? They're sort of French sounding, aren't they? I mean, I, I can't do it, Louisiana. but I just automatically go Gambit in my head. Is Gambit a bit overly Cajun though, to the point of parody? Um, I watched the recent cartoon. <laughs> uh, not the recent cartoon. I mean, recently I watched the X Men cartoon from the nineties, which has a banging theme tune, and Gambit's in it, and I find his accent a bit annoying. But then the Cajun guy that was in True Blood had a very He's very annoying. But uh, okay, but also had a very similar accent to Gambit. Also, I think the Cajun accent's like really sexy. Yeah, no. But that might just be because. Gambit was one of the first. Well, how come he was never included in the live things that I was sexually attracted to? I don't know if I can say men or even humans because he's a comic book character. Well, how come he wasn't in the live action films then, Marka? Uh, was someone supposed to be playing bi-phobia. him? Biphobia. Biphobia. Why is mm-hmm. he bi? Yeah. I suppose he, he does seem like, I feel like all occasions are bi. He's kind of like French people <laughs> stereotyping an entire nation. Male cat women. I think maybe that's why I like him and cat. Well, well, no, I, Wait, obviously. is he a, is he a burglar? Yeah, he was a he's a. I thought he just threw cards at people for laughs, and he was a gambler more than a. Cat no, he burglar. used his uh, mutant powers to uh, seduce and rob the rich. Mm, seduce and rob. You can seduce and rob me anytime. Oh, you can definitely suggest and rob me anytime. As long as he keeps his Cajun mouth shut. <laughs> no, all the better if he's uh, talking with his uh, Cajun mouth. I never, no, I like, I like a Kiwi accent. I find that incredibly sexy. That's weird, because I don't. I don't know why that's weird. We're not the same person. Is that weird? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? <laughs> that's weird. Why don't you think all the same things I think? I know. How dare you? You're not me. Sorry, it's so hot. I forgot that there's uh, more than just me <laughs> in the entire universe. Such a megalomaniac. Actually, uh, I thought I started thinking, and sometimes I still do, which is the ramblings of a mad woman, really. Is that you know, like if you close your eyes, then the whole world doesn't exist. Um, no, no, like, really that. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, technically, I'm the only one who right now is well, <laughs> I mean, to me, may as well be the only one experiencing anything because I'm not in your head. You could be a simulation for all I know. You That's could be true. a figment of my imagination because I'm, as far as I know, I'm the only unique person because it's, it's, it's the more I think about it, the more weirded out I get that I am a thinking person and that I can only see, like, I can't, I'd love to be able to see myself, you know, outside my body at the same time. Technically, you don't actually know you're a thinking person. You just know you're thinking what? because, How? well, you could be, also, shout out to any of my youngest pupils listening, because this is from a day car lesson with them, but I, I hope not, because this is a highly inappropriate <laughs> podcast for small children. Um, you could be a duck. What? Duck so you could be a duck, and you could be the last duck left, and you could be the last living thing left in reality, and you could have fallen asleep in a nuclear winter, and you could be dreaming about being a woman who's stuck in this really, really hot day. No, but that can't be right because don't they say that um, when you're dreaming, you can't dream about anything other than what you've already experienced? So if a duck had never seen a woman, 
then how is it dreaming about being a woman? It would but just the duck, dream about being a duck. the duck could have seen the woman that you're dreaming that you are before everyone was wiped oh, out. <laughs> and could be imagining there. itself to be her, which means that you do still know that you're thinking, so you still know you exist, but you don't know that you're human. There's oh, no way for you to prove that. So I might not even be on this planet right now. No, you could be the last well, duck in the universe slowly floating through space. Nah. You could be. Stop it, Mark! Never. Does that mean that none of our listeners are real either? No. Oh, <laughs> let's just stop. Uh, all of this is just a figment of your little ducky imagination. Everything is just, oh, right, okay. I don't believe in Duck Club then. <laughs> I'll get some that says that. Not everyone is not talking about Duck Club. <laughs> Nobody's going to know what the fuck we're talking about. Doesn't matter. It's hot. It's too hot. It is too hot. Hot, anyway, hotter than the swamps of Louisiana, which is my topic. And that hotter than the general woody areas of Connecticut. It's not hot in Connecticut. It no, so it is hotter than the general woodland areas of Connecticut. Well, yeah, you're right. Would it get steamy in the woods? <laughs> Only if Jesus was there. I mean... None of my woodland-based, in fact, none of my Connecticut-based stories are sexy. I don't think I want to have sex with any of these mythical people, cryptids, or legends, which is weird because I normally want to have sex with cryptids when we talk about orchids You may want to have sex with um, the the Rougarou, which is such a Cajun word. I was going to say, I think I do, just based on his name. The Rougarou. What do you think the Rougarou is? Uh, uh, imagine it's a tall mm. woman with short hair and <laughs> completely wrong wearing like some sort of long scarlet robe. Mm, that's a thing. Like mega clingy material, so you can still tell that she's a uh, like really curvaceous. But like when I say tall, I mean like she's like broad and like really tall, like, twelve foot. And is she as broad as she is tall? <laughs> And she picks people that are just like generally like just sort of fuck boy wanks up when they're like out on a night out and breaks their necks. No. I'm a close. Um, no, not in any way whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> tell me <laughs> tell me about I'm going to say her then. Uh, well, I mean, it could be a woman. It could be a man. So it depends. Uh, there's no like discrimination on sex, I don't think. Well, it's, it's in Cajun folklore, the Rougarou. It's the most popular uh, tale in folklore, but it's more of a cautionary tale, perhaps. But it's said to live in the swamps and the sugarcane fields of southern Louisiana, and it waits for its next victim there. Um, it is often described as having the body of a human. And the head of, guess what? Uh, crow. That would be cool, but no, it's a wolf. So it's like oh, a okay. werewolf. It's a Cajun werewolf, basically. But it says in this article that it's almost like a werewolf. I I mean, the picture I can see, just it does look like very much like a werewolf, except the werewolves don't wear clothes, do they? In their um, wolf form, I mean. None of the werewolves I know wear clothes. What no, because I think like you, 
you, you're like wolf. a giant wolf, aren't you? So you like expand out of your body size. No, so you're not necessarily. I don't know why they always. Well, is it because when you're a werewolf, you're a human, so you don't really necessarily change to be smaller, like in Woof, which we've talked about before. There's a kids' TV program called Woof that I always find creepy because <laughs> the boy was a wee ginger boy, he's a wee English ginger boy, and he had the power to turn into a little like cute dog. It's like a what's it, a wee terrier thing. A bit like Toto. I think the dog looked like Toto from um what's it called? Over the, the Rainbow. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Dorothy's <laughs> dog. So he would turn into one of them. But then when he turned back into a boy, he was always naked. And I always found that really disturbing for a kid's show. <laughs> Why this wee guy was running around naked. <laughs> did he not like fall out of his clothes because he turned into such well, a Well obviously. But at least they were realistic about it. It's not like the Incredible Hulk where his trousers somehow magically expand. He's got like amazing spandex on or something. Or his jeans suddenly become the same size as him, as a Hulk. I'm I've just never got over that. The theme tune in my head now. What, the Hulk theme tune? No, the um, Woof theme tune. Woof? I don't yeah. remember it. It goes like... Oh my God, is he coming back? <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, greatest TV shows about werewolves ever made. Anyway, what's different between a a Rougarou and a normal werewolf? I I can only assume that he wears clothes. It wears like nice velvet velvet shirts. It's quite, I mean, if you're a furry and you're into bestiality or something, I guess the Rougarou and you like Cajuns, the Rougarou would be something for you. <laughs> Rougarou for you. I shouldn't really sing that theme tune. No. Because that will fix it. <laughs> it's more controversial saying than singing <laughs> like fucking animals with Cajun accents. That is a cursed tune. I used to sing it all, it used to get stuck in my head all the time. Jay will fix it for you and ba ba ba. What does that even mean? So, yeah, he is. Um, it's the story of the Rougarou is centuries old, apparently. Um, well, I mean, as far back as Louisiana. I mean, saying centuries old for America is just a wee bit redundant to me because we live in a country that is like thousands of years old going back in a civilization. Whereas the American, like the white America, I mean, you know, before they were not, I'm not counting the Native Americans because the Cajuns came over like, what, 200, maybe less than 200 years ago. Something like that. Yeah. I'd they? I'd say like they probably came over. Was it the French that owned Louisiana, or was it Spanish who owned it? No, the Spanish owned it first, and then the French bought it over from the Spanish, and then Americans got it. Something like that. That's why it's got such a mixed culture, and all, not to mention all the slavery, and the African influence. It 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 is. Sometimes there's different versions of the Rougarou. I have an answer oh. to your question. What? The first French colonists arrived in Louisiana in 1682. Thought it would have been around about that time. And then after that, it was the Spanish? Did they go from French to Spanish? Oh, I didn't check if it was French to Spanish or Spanish to French, but they... <laughs> We're getting into pedantics now. <laughs> Hold on, so... Right, so they had control over it from 1682 until mm. 1712 when it went into the Spanish. The hands of the Spanish until 17. 
31 when it went back into the hands of the French until 1800. Oh. Right, and then what happened? And then... They had like a timeshare with the Spanish. Maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> like they're selling timeshares in Spain to the French and the French are selling timeshares to the Spanish. It's a big scam. Until the Americans eventually took over. Yeah, I think that must be what it is, because the article I'm looking at is um, is American, and it says, until the obvious changes in 1803. And I'm like, I don't know what the obvious right. changes would be in 1803. I wasn't alive back then. And I think it, it is interesting that the British didn't own Louisiana or that part of the country. Yeah. Because I think people tend to think that all of America was colonised by the British, but obviously it wasn't, because there's the Germans, the Dutch, the French who were involved in Revolutionary War, who sided with the Americans for some reason, which is weird because they still had their own monarchy then. So, I don't mm. know, the whole thing's all fucked up and it's all um, political reasons and things, but often these things backfire. Oh, the United so, States bought bought Louisiana from right. the French in 1803. So they like, ah. then formed United States government, paid the French to fuck off. They paid them to fuck off, but they obviously didn't because the Cajuns are there. I guess well, they paid the rich French to fuck off, and ah. the rich French left and just left all their poor people there. All right, fair enough. Fair but enough. they were American then. There but we go. Then, History. Okay. <laughs> but then there was a the North-South divide, so I, I suppose, yeah, they were still the United States of America, but there was a kind of cultural divide, I guess, and they had two separate governments, kind of, because there was, like, or was he just a self-proclaimed president of the southern states? We're getting way, way off topic now. <laughs> We're getting into American history instead of the actual states. So back to the Rougarou, who's not getting much attention now. But <laughs> a lot of the versions of the Rougarou are cautionary tales. Uh, and one version, which you know, I think my dad quite like, the Rougarou hunts down Catholics who do not obey the rules of... Oh, no, wait a minute. Well, you probably like the fact that it hunts down Catholics, but the reason it's hunting down Catholics is because they're not obeying the rules of Lent, not because it just hates Catholics. That's fair enough, though. Lent's one of the really fun parts of being Catholic, so... (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I really liked Lent when I was wee, and I don't know why. I mean, it's denying yourself something. Yeah, I wouldn't deny myself of anything. Maybe I have some sort of Lent-related fetish that I need to work out in therapy, but I love Lent. It was always so much fun. Well, what did you give up for Lent then? Uh, Because, obviously, I was a child and then not, like, in any way Christian anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was always, like, if you were a child, you only had to go out, like, a little thing. So you would give up, like, Twixies or, like, Chalkhouses or, like, Iron Brew. You wouldn't give up, like... You could still have like lemonade, but you couldn't have iron brew. And then you go to pour yourself iron brew and you'd be like, oh, uh." that's ridiculous. (laughs) Look what I'm doing. Jesus, I've gone mad. I mean, it's a bit like Ramadan, isn't it? It's a similar thing because they're both Abrahamic religions. Except that the Ramadan takes it a wee bit further, whereas they don't eat anything or drink anything all day and they just eat at night, which I quite like the sound of, to be honest with you, because I, I like eating at night and I like roaming about at night, roaming about late night, like the Rougarou, <laughs> chasing them if they, <laughs> for disobeying the rules of Lent. And another version, the Rougarou is under a spell for 101 days and afterward, 
The spell is then transferred to another person when the Rougarou draws the blood of someone else. So it's a bit like the ring, I guess. It's like you pass it on after 101 days. You have a lot of fun being a werewolf for 101 days. And then you scratch someone like a game of a mad game of tag and you're it. You're now the Rougarou. What do you think of that? Everything's fun to me today. Len, fun. (laughs) Werewolf. (laughs) Fun. So fun. And I, I like that because at least then nobody's getting killed per se. Well, I don't know. Because you might do a lot of fucking killing in the 101 days. I mean, it's up to you what you do with your time as a Ruguru. I don't know. You but can... if you are the Ruguru when it's not Len, you're fine. You don't have to mm, kill anyone. Yeah, but it's a different version of the Ruguru, so you could be doing something else. And who, would you choose someone at random or would you deliberately make someone into a Ruguru, you know, like vampires maybe do? Yeah, like if somebody wanted to be the Rougarou. But then what if nobody did and you... <laughs> oh that would be hard then, wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't be like... Yeah. Like if you were a vampire, you'd only choose to turn someone that you really wanted to spend like lots of time with and you'd feed on people that were absolute arseholes. Yeah, but I would do. If you were the Rougarou, there'd be no point turning somebody that you wanted to spend more time with because you wouldn't be the Rougarou anymore well, in the I would... I would rather it was someone who I know would appreciate being a Rougarou and have a good time. Cause, or you could be a bastard and say, well, he's going to hate being a Rougarou, so I'll fucking annoy him for 101 days or whatever. I don't know. The choice is yours. The choices are endless. I think I'd scratch John. Who's John? Like my your brother, brother John. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot your name and all your brother's <laughs> names. <laughs> I think he'd quite like being the Rougarou. Oh, he'd love it. Yeah, he'd be a good he'd probably, I think he'd be really happy just roaming about the woods because he, you know, he doesn't like people. So, fair yeah, like, I don't think he'd like to be a vampire. I think if no. I was a vampire and turned him, he'd be really fucked off. But I think he'd like yeah. to be the murderer. Yeah, I think he would. I don't think he'd be really fucked off. You know, he's not that angry a person. I feel like he'd be like, Chet, he doesn't want to be a vampire, but then he'd just be a vampire. But he'd have no negative reaction whatsoever to being the murderer. So also what I like about the way where the Ruguru differs from normal where well the traditional werewolves is that they don't need to in a sense this might be worse, I don't know. They don't turn into a wolf only at the full moon, right? So mm-hmm. they're never a Ruguru during a day, so they could be absolutely be anybody, right? So they're in human form during a day, so you never know who could be a Ruguru in Louisiana. But at night they will take the form of the Ruguru. Uh, on the prowl for blood I don't know if they're just wanting blood or they want to eat like actually tear meat off people's bones like werewolves do or it sounds like they're a cross between a werewolf and a vampire because it seems like the Wuruguru only just wants to lick people's blood and they live at night only but they transform back into humans during the day which sounds actually a good deal to me anyway I don't know (laughs) you could just hang around in furry conventions and you would get all the like pussy and cock you want (laughs) The people will be lining up to volunteer to give you, like, give them a lick of their blood or whatever. So, yeah, yeah that's that's the most well That's actually the perfect solution to your earlier question as well. When it times nearly up, go to a furry convention. They'd be yeah. fucking itching to be a Rougarou. Exactly. There must be one that. somewhere. I mean, it's the internet. You could just go on the internet and say, like, okay, my time's up. Or you don't even need to tell them you're a Rougarou because they probably wouldn't believe you. Or you could just, you know, come up with your fursona and say, I am the Rougarou. Um, Peter, and uh, if you meet me in the woods, 
Peter. I don't know what's occasion name. I, I don't know. Maurice. Rene. Uh, Rene, yeah. I'm uh, the. I like that you went male and I went female. <laughs> Although you can be a, a, a man, Rene, as well, can't you? Well, yeah, you could. Yeah. You could be the Rougarou Peter Rene Maurice and you um, meet me in the woods at like 10 o'clock um, if you would like to have a good time with like a funny, I don't know, dogging session. I suppose the dogging, the word dogging would be very appropriate for furries. It would. And why is it not applied to furries only instead of, you know, weird people that go bang in cars and watch each other? I feel like they should be dressed up as like wolves and cats and things. That would be anyway. great if they made it a rule that you it wasn't breaking the law to dog as long as you dress. As long as you dress. An animal. <laughs> a furry one, though. You can't be a crocodile or anything like that in the furry world. I don't think you have to have fur. So you could be like a rabbit, which would be, again, like a rampant rabbit, I suppose. I don't know. It's the horniest animal. Would you be again like a rampant rabbit? Like, this is the ninth time we've mentioned rampant rabbits in this episode. <laughs> Right, moving on. So there's a superstition um in Louisiana that if someone passes a mop over your foot, you will never marry. But that doesn't bother me because I don't want to get fucking get married anyway, so mop away. Yeah. I'd be annoyed if they ruined my shoes though. But I'd be fine. (laughs) You've ruined my shoes, I can never marry. My life is ruined. No one will ever want me because my shoes are ruined, man. <laughs> Just buy new ones. Here's another one. The Legend of Le Fou Folly. I love the names. They're just so sexy. And there's something so sexy about Louisiana. So the swamps in Louisiana, apparently they're beautiful. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking of the Princess and the Frog or Interview with the Vampire when they throw the stat in the swamp. Uh, or... The Princess and the Frog, where there's like, oh no, actually, I hate that bit. You'll love it because he's a wee Cajun bastard. The wee Cajun bastard nap thing. <laughs> glowfly, glowworm? What the fuck is it? I, fire, I don't, want to, I don't want to fuck the firefly. I never said, frog. I never suggested Mark uh, that you wanted to fuck the firefly. <laughs> <laughs> I just hated that whole Angeline thing because it wasn't a firefly, it was a star, and you're never fucking that whatever your name is, Mr. Firebug, you actual deranged thing. I forgot so, about that. Oh, Angeline. Or is it Angeline or is it Angelique? Something like that, anyway. So in the swamps, the, you get, like, lights that hover about. And it's also known as the Cajun Fairy. <laughs> or Le Fou Folly. And the Cajun fairy appears as a phosphorescent ball. I was of like, fire. I've heard of LeFou before, but it's because Lefou. that's the guy that's... in Beauty and the Beast He's that a gay one. really likes Gaston, and they called him LeFou yeah. because they're, his name's literally the fairy because they were like, oh. What? Is that what Disney... that... Oh my God. Yeah, that's it was like, 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 oh, lol, lol, lol. Disney chuckles, like, if you're a man that likes hanging about with other men, you're a fucking you're a faggot. Fairy. What's a comedy <laughs> name for that for the children's film? Did you just say he's a fucking faggot? <laughs> Did you just say he's a fucking faggot? <laughs> You're cancelled. I was uh, I was pretending to be a Disney producer. Wow. You, uh, that's uh, yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so Sorry, tell, tell me about this shimmery swamp fucking. <laughs> the swamp fag 
of loved ones, mostly faggots. <laughs> <laughs> it's also said to have a devilish version, which also takes the form of a ball of light. Not that I'm equating like faggots with devils, because that's not even right. <laughs> well, Disney certainly would. Yeah, they would. Uh, yeah, it is cool. I'm surprised they didn't give him cloven hooves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well, the only one in Disney who has cloven hooves is <laughs> Danny DeVito's character in Hercules, technically, because he is a fawn. That's true. Um. Mm, his goal mm. is to confuse. So what they do is they lure you in, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they do, you know, fairies. Yep. Uh, its goal is to confuse those who follow the light until they become lost in the swamps. Eventually, you drown because you're too busy trying to follow this light. Uh, so if you ever find yourself in the swamp at night, but there's also another tale about it, something to do with a pirate, which I'll find later on. Uh, apparently, it was a pirate. A, a pirate or a pirate's mate or something died, I guess, because they're Spanish. They're Spanish pirates, aren't they? Was there French pirates? Don't know. I imagine that French pirates would be awfully effeminate. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> also, the food. Yeah, the His cloven hooves and his pirate hat. And um, one of them, or he, ah, that's what it was. They went into the swamps and they buried their treasure. And in order to make sure that no one would take the treasure, they murdered or they killed one of their crew, Lufu, <laughs> buried him next to the treasure as well. So that, and they say that that turned into a legend that the, the ghost pirate turned into a Le Folie or whatever, and like a light, and that it would lure people to the treasure. And when you find the treasure, it would then drown you. And, and do you then also it. become a little fairy like? I don't know. That would be quite fun if it was, but that's the legend of that. And then we've got the honey, the honey monster. <laughs> I didn't know he was from Louisiana. Yeah. If you don't know who the honey monster is, I don't know. Is that a British thing or is the honey monster in America as well or around the world? What I was the honey like, monster? I feel like <laughs> a British thing. What did the honey monster? What cereal was it? It was something disgusting. Sugar puffs again, in our sort of gazler. You're a big sugar puff. <laughs> <laughs> and he was called the honey monster, the honey trap monster. Who knows? This is get this all big gay and conspiracy here. So <laughs> I enjoy the honey trap monster, considering that he's like, a, like <laughs> twelve years old. People are morbidly obese. Imagine <laughs> made in like his wee assless chaps, being like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's actually the Honey Island Swamp Monster, and it's located in St. Tammy Parish. The Honey Island Swamp is considered to be the most pristine river swamps in in the country. For decades, there has been the legend of the Honey Island Swamp Monster floating around. (laughs) It just floats around. Lila! Lila! (laughs) Drinking a margarita! I genuinely am just imagining the honey monster and a speedo on a lilo. Eating the sugar puffs. <laughs> it says 
says here at least one gentleman claims to have seen it with his own eyes. Just the one gentleman, eh? <laughs> at least one gentleman. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> In the early 20th century, the legend goes that a train carrying a travelling circus crashed. Okay, this is mental. And many chimpanzees. This is not where I saw this going. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally, of course, they bred with the alligators in the area. Circus performers. No, (laughs) no, chimps, chimpanzees. So, uh, I was like, the train, the train broke down in the trapeze artist. was like, right, we're bum a fucking alligator. We'll be here for. Oh my god, the heat is that. Oh, oh, uh, okay, no, chip. I can't really get around the logistics of how a chimpanzee would fuck an alligator because, like, for one thing, chimps can't swim. I don't think, and alligators no. don't really have like holes. Um, yeah, you do. How would they lay eggs? It's just not possible. I don't even know why I'm trying to like, re- like logically work it out how it could work. Uh, yeah. Like the <laughs> male alligator would have to fuck the female monkey. Yeah, they would. Yeah, otherwise. That's what? the only way around it would work. Oh, why not? Like, have. Each to the so I just love that it says naturally they bred with the alligators in the area. Like that's obviously the first thing they would do. Not that they would want to run away from a predator or anything. They just want to bang it. Believed. So the result of this, all this, un, I would say unnatural sexual relations <laughs> between the species resulted in the creation of a hybrid creature, of course. But like, you know, like how the hell did a donkey and a dragon bang and Shrek? I know it's a cartoon, but I always thought like, how the hell does that work? It believe, it's believed to look around seven feet tall with webbed feet. So why would it be seven feet tall? Because chimps aren't that tall. Is it because crocodiles or alligators, sorry, are quite long? So they sort of like went on their hind legs. Or it's like Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. You'd think it would also have like lizard skin, but it doesn't. It has, well, it has webbed feet. That will be the, the alligator part. It's got piercing yellow eyes. I guess that's the alligator part. And matted grey hair, the chimp <laughs> The monster seemlessly blamed. Chimp's hair isn't grey. And also, I, I don't know, maybe they were old chimps. Maybe. They were like demented old chimps um, that had been in the circus too long and they had like dementia. Because I, I guess, you know, chimps kind of go mad when they're old and they rip people's faces off and stuff. Like, chimps are incredibly strong. So I'd imagine that the chimp could probably take on an alligator and pin it down. And sexually violate it. <laughs> oh no. Except that again, and I'm just it needs to be the alligator pinning down the chimp. It needs to be this. Like... But I, I, don't, I just don't see, I just can't see alligators doing that. Alligators just tend to hang about the bottom of the, the, the swamps. I mean, then why are we even discussing this? I do like the idea of it though, not of <laughs> alligators stuffing <laughs> monkeys, but of this big uh, hairy webfoot baby. I mean, remember when we were talking about the Glasgow one and apparently there was like an island of monkeys somewhere? Yeah. But they didn't change. Did they change into some strange creature? No, or... they were just like their own, they were just there. their own breed of monkey. They weren't like right. fucking toads. <laughs> or Neds. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, so it, it blends into the surroundings, making it difficult to spot. I guess it is well camouflaged, the picture of this they've got for this is quite funny. 
says, don't let the legend deter you from... Oh, it's a tourist thing. Don't, don't let that deter you from visiting Honey Island Swamp, oh. You can actually explore the swamp in one of the most unique and visually stunning tours in Louisiana. That's a really poor attempt at a Louisiana <laughs> I apologize, but fuck it, I did it anyway. It's hot. There's Ellerby Road School. This is more a paranormal thing, but it is in Louisiana. In Shreveport, uh, which was originally named George Washington Carver School, but it's been closed down for many years. While the school was open, it was badly damaged by a fire that oh, like killed some of the students. Many believe the structure to be haunted, and some even believe that there are devil worshippers. There's always devil worshippers. I mean, satanic panic and all that. Every abandoned building always has some sort of devil worship going on in it. It's a cliche. Uh, they use the power, they use the school to summon Satan. Hail Satan. There's also a water tower on the property. And legend has it that if you climb to the top and peer inside. I thought you said you will... pee inside. Pee inside! <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be that. That would be, be funny. <laughs> You will see your reflection in your piss. No, uh, as the way you will, as the way you will look on the day you will die. Right. What are you peering inside of, though? Is it just like the stagnant old water, or other people stagnant old piss? No idea. No, because you're at the top of a. All right, it's a water tower. Ah, I see. So if you peer inside the water, like Eliza, Eliza Lamb did in the uh, the Cecil Hotel, you'll fall yes. in and meet your death or something like that. With all this in mind, it's easy to see why that school is often purported as one of the most haunted places in Louisiana. And uh, I'll leave, we've got the Grunch, okay? Okay. Uh, Stories of the Grunch have circulated in New Orleans area for centuries. The oldest account being shortly after the Louisiana Purchase According to the legend, this monster is said to have razor-sharp teeth, the legs of a goat, and is the size of a man. Is it LeFou? It lurks in the tall grass, waiting for those who park their car on Grunch Road. That definitely sounds like LeFou. <laughs> Some stories claim that the Grunch is the result of a curse put out on by none other than the voodoo queen herself, Marie Laveau. Um, and that's pretty much it. Although I have seen other stories about the Grunch, is that they're actually just a bunch of um, inbred hicks that have mutated and hang about the woods. And that's why they look like goats. They are Grunches. <laughs> There's so many stories about Louisiana. It's fascinating. Like there was one about, and this was really exciting because you know, like New Orleans is in Louisiana. I think I don't know if it's the capital. I'm not really sure. Let's just but say it's the same city. Yeah, and it's often associated with like vampires because of like Anne Rice. But even before then, there was vampire legends um, about New Orleans. So obviously Anne Rice was probably inspired by that and other things, other influences. <clears throat> There was one that I found about vampire stories that actually really like fired my imagination. I was just like, what the fuck? It gave me the chills a little bit and I really want to go now <laughs> even more to New Orleans because um, it actually made me think maybe they are actually real vampires out there because there was a story about 
twin brothers called John and Wayne Carter, right? They have the highest murder rate in New Orleans. They caused the highest amount of kills in New Orleans. And New Orleans ranks among the highest in terms of murder rates and missing persons. So that's also a bit creepy, isn't it? Who's who's going who's causing them to go missing? Is it vampires? Is it the rag? Is it a werewolf? We just don't know. Could well be. People just disappear there. No one knows what happened to them. So there's these guys were brothers, and they seemed to be normal in every aspect. They both had normal labor jobs down by the river, and they lived in the French Quarter. Mark, it was the 1930s, and it was during the Great Depression when times were hard. Uh-huh. One day, a girl was reported to have escaped from the Carter brothers' apartment in the French Quarter, which is quite a fancy place now. I don't know if it was back then, but I always thought the French Quarter was where all the rich people yeah. lived. Yeah. Uh, and so this girl escaped from the Carter brothers' apartment and she ran to the authorities. Her wrists were cut, not enough to cause immediate death, but enough to cause her blood to drain slowly over the next several days. The policeman ran to the Carter's third-story apartment and found four other people tied to chairs with their wrists sliced in the same fashion. Some had been there for many days. The story was that the brothers had abducted these people in order to drink their blood at the end of every day after a hard day's work. (laughs) (laughs) Police also found about 14 dead bodies. The cops waited for the brothers to return, and when they did, it took seven or eight of them to hold down the two average-sized men. So they've got, like, big Mongol strength, like vampire strength. A few years later, when the Carters were finally executed, their bodies... Yeah, but get this, Mark. Their bodies were placed in a New Orleans vault. Uh, You know what a New Orleans vault would look like? They're always above ground because it's swampy. So they're quite ornate, and the entire... They were interred in the family vault and many years after the Carter brothers' death, supposed death, I would say, when they were placing another Carter in the family vault, they discovered that the vault where the brothers should have been was completely empty. There was no John, there was no Wayne. They were just gone. And to this day, many sightings have occurred in the French Quarter that match the descriptions of these two brothers exactly. Years later, an owner of their apartment saw two figures that matched their descriptions outside on the balcony, whispering to each other. Both figures jumped off the top of the third-story balcony and took off running. Wow. Um, they're definitely <laughs> vampires. Cool. Do you have a picture of them? Are they all? I don't have a picture of them, no. So I, I'd imagine maybe they don't take pictures because they're vampires. I don't oh, know if that's part of the vampire legends or not. You know that they can't. You can't take their picture. You can't see the reflection in the mirror. Maybe one of those type things. I'm not really sure. That um, really was very interview with the vampire. I like it. Oh, also, the le- there's a legend that if a vampire drinks your blood seven nights in a row, then and only then can you become a vampire, as opposed to exchanging blood with each other. And some of those found in the Carter brothers' apartment had been there for more than seven days. One warped fellow named Philippe went on to become a notorious serial killer and he would do more than just kill his victims he was believed to drink the blood of all 42 of his victims so they think he could be like what made that a vampire because he was yeah. more than seven days that's fucked i mean that i feel like that's more than enough evidence for me i'm convinced i know i'm taking up a lot of time here but i have to tell you about this one just briefly 
I don't know if you've ever heard of the Count Saint Germain and Jacques no. Saint Germain. So he goes back to the 18th century. There was a mysterious man who charmed the courts of Europe and he was named the Comte de Saint Germain. And he was a strange, extraordinary and enigmatic character. I feel like he's a bit like the Baron from what we do in the shadows. Okay. You, you look, I'd imagine he dresses like him. He was a master of the piano and the violin and he can converse in six different languages and his skills as a conversationalist were unrivaled. He also composed music, including arias and solo work for the violin. He had fabulous wealth. He carried gems around in his clothing and no one knew how he came into such wealth. No one knew fuck all about his family, where he came from or who the hell he was. He, according to some accounts, did claim to be the son of Francois II Rakowski, Prince of Transylvania. One of his greatest passions was alchemy and he was believed to have an extraordinary talent for maintaining his youth. Perhaps it was his vast knowledge of cosmetics and herbs that kept him young. The philosopher Voltaire knew him and called him the man who knows everything and who never dies. No one really knew his true age, but they say he looked about 40 in all of his portraits and continued to appear so for over half a century. Although he was charming and engaging and he graced the dinner tables of many of the aristocracy, including kings and queens, no one had ever seen him eat anything. He would only ever sip his wine exquisitely <laughs> and ramble on about everything from history to chemistry. There was a lot of speculation about the Count's lineage and immense wealth that resulted in the development of many myths and legends about his background. He is considered by some to have mastered immortality, as many have claimed to have seen him since his death in 1784. And this is where it gets weird. So we fast forward to New Orleans, Louisiana, and there appears to be and there appears a name by the name, a man by the name of Jacques Saint-Germain. I mean, it's not a great alias, but I suppose if you're like going forward into the early 20th century, not a lot of people might not have heard of the other guy. It might not even be an alias. Like maybe his first name is Jacques and always was, and he's not. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe he's like, hi, it's me, hi. He fits every description of the comp that I mentioned before, the older one. Around 40, again, he's around 40 years of age with heavy money bags. <laughs> I was say heavy fun bags. The most fascinating of dinner guests and still a complete mystery. And this is the early 20th century, so we're talking about like 1900s, right about that era. He would throw lavish parties and invite everyone round. Everyone would sit enraptured in conversation and food, but again, he wouldn't eat a morsel. He would only sip his wine, same thing. One night, several months after moving to New Orleans, he had a lady stay a bit late. Out in his balcony at the corner of Ursuline and Royal Streets, this Saint Germain grabbed her and tried to bite her neck. She escaped by falling from the balcony and then reported the incident to the police. When they came to investigate, Jacques Saint Germain had completely vanished. They searched everywhere around his apartment but all they could find were tablecloths with large splotches of blood on them. They searched the kitchen where they found no sign of food or evidence that food had ever been there. All they found were bottles of wine and after pouring themselves a glass, drinking it and then (laughs) spitting it out, I know, why would you do that? Uh, They discovered that it was not only wine in those bottles, it was wine mixed with human blood, which is interesting to mix wine and human blood. So 
they don't know whether Count Saint Germain and Jacques Saint Germain were the same person or are the same person, but believe or speculate that they are. And to this day, the mysterious figure of the Count has his own occult following. Uh, although he allegedly died in the year 1784, no one saw his death, and some claim to have seen him many years afterwards. So he disappeared from court life, and he probably did fuck off to maybe New Orleans and stayed there, but who knows where he is now. Apparently he's still seen wandering about occasionally, perhaps. And that's my story of Louisiana. And it makes me really want to go there now, because that's just so interesting. That made me also want to go. Um, Although I yeah. want to meet the, the latter vampire because he seems like he would maybe turn you rather than <laughs> like yeah. brutally murder you. Well, leave you in a basement and treat you as his personal wine bag. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Connecticut, Mark. Where Connecticut. is it? Where the fuck is Connecticut? Uh, Connecticut is the northeastern corner state of the USA. And it's what's the, the history? Is there point history? that is. Is there any history behind Connecticut at all? Uh, Obviously, there will. Historically <laughs> important for its seaports and is known for its many seafarers. So, did were there pirates? Do you think that went into Connecticut, or was it like more like the Mayflower type thing? Where no, British it was very. It's like New England. So it was very. Um, like you're well to do ish. Oh, okay. Now, well to do, I suppose. Like your San, San Germain types? Yes, like fancy folks. It's Fair the third the smallest world. state in the USA. Yeah, it did look quite small. Yeah, it's floating. Mm. It's where Long Island iced tea comes from. Oh, you do. I know you like a Long Island, I love iced, a Long tea. Island iced tea. Where and I didn't know that they were from Margarita. Connecticut, specifically Long Island in Connecticut. Well, there's a clue. <laughs> <laughs> and first mini myth i've got some uh, some big ones and some wee ones Ooh. it was connecticut provided one of the inspirations for dracula which links into what, what you were just talking about okay now you've confused me because are you talking about bram stoker i am talking about bram stoker i always thought that bram stoker was just influenced by romania and a place in scotland and oh no not connecticut itself oh okay a specific story from connecticut Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, it's not like gothy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of woods in Connecticut, I suppose. It might look Transylvania-ish. No, like it looked more style. like North England-ish, and they think um, that... So there was a family called the Ray family, and ooh. they think that one of them was the inspiration for Mina. Oh, okay. But, right. interestingly, it was their son... The son, the family's son, Henry. 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 So there were uh, rumours abound that Henry Ray had been seduced by... Dracula. A vampire. Ooh, maybe like one that. of your vampires. Maybe maybe it was John and Wayne, but I don't, I just don't see them as very seductive. Or unless no, that was a rumour. What's like, the, the fancy man's stuff. name? But then they did live in the French Quarter, so I don't get how, like, they made them out to be, like, poor, hard-working, like, blue-collar types, but then they lived in a fancy apartment in the French Quarter. That just didn't add up. What was the other guy's name, though? Jacques. Jacques. Could be Jacques. Dongly. Maybe him. (laughs) Okay. Maybe him and Henry were having a a sexy old time. Hmm. 
So Henry started, you know, all the usual vampire things, only going yeah. out at night, but he wasn't a vampire. He was still very clearly a human, but he was only going out at night. And Maybe he was more like Renfield? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, maybe. Right. But him being like Renfield's less sexy, so we're making him the Mina in this story. Okay. Uh, and nobody knew where he was going at night and who he was meeting up with. And his youngest brother, shortly into this all starting to happen, uh, died. And um, was found to be completely drained of blood. I killed his brother? Or was it his lover that did it? Well, possibly oh, his lover. Mm. Before we're like, hmm, this is suspicious. Mm. Very. Henry's dad, Henry Sr., also found no, suspicious. So and I just a few days later, <laughs> Henry's dad, also dead. No blood. Right. Interesting. I wonder... Okay, so it's got to be the vampire guy that's doing it because you said that Henry isn't. Well, we don't know for sure if it's him or the vampire one. And why? What would be his motivation to just get rid of? Would, maybe it would be yeah, easier so people to just thought get rid that, of like, Henry was in the role of a vampire and the vampire didn't want his family like taking Henry back, so he was killing his family. I was going to say like it'd be easier to kill your family than admit that you're a vampire. <laughs> So then a few weeks later, <laughs> Henry's oldest brother, who obviously had then inherited all of the land. Right. And he needs to go. Starts to ask questions about what's going on with Henry disappearing into the woods at night. Mm, older yeah. brother. I would follow him and follow him into the woods, you know. Well, yeah. he might have followed him into the woods, Leslie. Oh, okay. And what happened was he was yeah. killed, drained of all oh, his blood. Come on. I think they should have had like a menage a trois type situation. Yeah, like a threesome. You can't have that with your brother, Leslie. But, but if you're a vampire, then it doesn't really matter. Like, that <laughs> you're a vampire, it's fine. Like... It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can have sexy time with your brother or sister as long as you're a vampire, because you're not a human. So then, yeah. Henry's uncles mm-hmm. uh, come to basically get Henry. Right. Had enough of his vampiric ways. Uh, they dig up the two dead brothers and the dead dad and they bring them to the land of the house. Uh, and their plan is to basically bind Henry down with them and then burn them all so they're burnt to ash oh, so that the dad and the brothers can't return as vampires. Mm-hmm. They go into the house to get Henry and guess what, Leslie? Henry's not there. He's dead. He's dead? Henry's no, dead. Henry's dead. So the vampire just thought, fuck it, this is m- more hassle than it's worth. I'll just kill him. Yes, I'd like to think that maybe Henry was like, and now that my family are gone, we can run away together. And the vampire was like, oh, no, you're actually fine. I've had my fun with you. No, I that into it. Bye-bye. <laughs> and that's the end of that story. But I just like that the inspiration I, for Nina was a guy. Can I ask, right? Well, yeah. so this must have taken place in the late 19th century for Bram Stoker to know about it. That is correct. Oh, well, not necessarily. Maybe you heard about it like as a an old tale, but yeah, it's not really that that state's not that old. So, is the house that we're talking about still there? Because I'd love to go and see it. Maybe it's Ooh, on Google Maps. Maybe. I um, thought that maybe the vampire wanted to kill his entire family so he could have the house. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hold on, I'm trying to find out. <laughs> uh, yes, it is still standing. The Ray Ellie House. The Ray Ellie House. Ooh. Yeah. R-A-Y, end of word, R- E-L-Y. 
house. The Ren Eli house, I would maybe say. I don't know if that's how you pronounce maybe. it. Anyway, that was really cool. So, whatever. Weird shit. The one you that you suggested that I look into. So, oh. another famous Connecticut myth is the myth of the melon heads. <laughs> do they have massive heads? Like big they giant do have melons? massive heads. That resemble melons? You are correct. I imagine that they're yellow melons. Uh, no, they're just like melon shaped and like really big. Oh, okay. Right. Well, what what are these? Fi- are they like fairies? Are they aliens? Are they spirits? Or are they just people with massive nappers? Uh, there's a couple of different suggestions. So right. you try, they live in the woods, which you uh-huh. come to if you follow Dracula Drive. Not a joke. What? You're not a joke. And then instead of turning up onto Velvet Street, not a joke, you head on into the woods. <laughs> Dracula Drive. Dracula Drive and Velvet Street. Okay, Connecticut have just gone right up in my estimation. I mean, they're good at naming streets, like, let's be honest. I want to move to Connecticut and live in Dracula Drive next to Velvet Lane. So there's a couple of different versions of the story. I'm going to start with one that I... I don't particularly agree with and then explain why. Okay. So one of the versions of the story is there was a man called Dr. Crow who Dr. Crow? Dr. Again, Crow. really bad <laughs> Dr. Crow who lives <laughs> past Dracula Drive but not quite on Velvet Street and took like care of Crescent. <laughs> so he'd gone to the local asylum and offered to take care did. of some of their patients that they didn't have room for. Some of the younger patients specifically. I mean, if I went to get put in an asylum and was um, given Dr. Crow as my like, medical care guy, like chief medical officer, I would be very um, worried. What if you were put in an asylum in the woods that you had to drive down Dracula Drive to get to the, <laughs> and put in the cage of a man called Dr. Crow? It really does sound like something out of an Edgar Allan Poe uh, novel, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> I love it. So Dr. Crow wasn't actually looking after these people, Leslie. He was performing he crazy Nazi-ass experiments on them. That's exactly what I would imagine a guy called Dr. Crow would do in an asylum, like I said. What did he do to these people? Well, we're not sure what the experiments were, and we're oh. not sure what his aim was, but what we do know is that it, it gave them huge melon heads. Oh, so he was responsible for the melon heads. Well, if you if you ever played that game Sim Hospital, and there's a disease that people get in it where they have massive bloaty heads, and the only cure for it is to pop them and then reinflate their heads. It basically that. Hold on, I'll send you a oh, picture wow. of a melon head. I don't know if I want to see that. Not of a real melon head, a, a drawing oh, of a melon head. A drawing of one, an illustration per se. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, here she comes. So they're they're so they're humans then. Oh my god! <laughs> it so looks like, like a child. Is it a child? Yes, they were all like children at the asylum. Oh asylum. no, that's really sad. It's kind of like if sloth had a massive um, dome for a head. You know, sloth from the Guineas. I think that's an excellent description. Yeah. So people, the people of Connecticut, would see these melon heads running around in the woods and yelling, and. Basically, that's where the idea of this sort of cryptid came from. There is another version of the story 
which makes less sense. Is this the one you don't agree with? Yeah, so I really don't agree with the other one. This one, so right. there's a version of the story that Dr. Crow still lives at the end of Dracula Drive, but Dr. Crow is basically an abortionist. And this is just kind of like an anti, like, don't get an abortion story. Uh-huh. And that's it, like, that the melon heads exist because he was performing abortions and abortions are so dangerous that it's like, oh, and you might walk away safe, Missy, but that baby's grown up out there in the woods with a big giant swollen head running around <laughs> screaming, which obviously wasn't happening. Well, I would say, well, at least it's still alive. Now, alive. one of the other versions, which I prefer, because that's, uh-huh. I mean, still sad, but nicer, is that some people believe that what was actually happening is that Dr. and Mrs. Crow, who has not been mentioned in the story until this point, did take the children in from the hospital, but they specifically took in a group of children who had hydrocephalus. Mm. Because if you have hydrocephalus, like basically the, the asylum that would have been there was treating people that were basically like your kind of, I mean, all old horrible asylum stories like had to be tr- like strapped down and left all day kind of thing. And Mrs. Yeah. Crow found this very upsetting and had spoken to Dr. Crow and said that the children with hydrocephalus shouldn't be being treated that way. Sorry, Mark, when you say Mr. Mrs. Crow and Dr. Crow, I imagine in my head them being literal crows. Like oh, they were both talking crows, yeah. <laughs> Like an actual crow wearing a doctor's jacket. So hydrocephalus is a real disease that would have caused children to be put in asylums at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And it's a disease that gives you brain damage and causes a buildup of fluid on the head so that the upper part of your head above your eyes is more like protruding and rounded than it should be. Okay. Creating a sort of melon effect. Creating a sort of melon effect. That's sad. And did some of these like escape or did pe- how do people know about them apart from the crows? Obviously, people work in this place. But well, there's, I would imagine they would hide them like, from society. There's three explanations, but there's three explanations, but there's oh. two explanations of this. So there's right. either people think that basically when they were looking after the children, they would obviously let the children out to play and the children would just run around having fun and doing what kids did. But because they looked unusual, people would see them and be like, there's melon-headed monsters that run in the woods screaming. <laughs> Or some yeah. people think that there's a story that when Mrs. Crow died, uh-huh. one um. of the children found her and basically like absolutely freaked out and didn't understand what was happening, started smashing up the house and knocked over a kerosene lamp, <gasps> which caused the house to burn to the ground, killing all, all of the, the children with hydrocephalus and their adopted <laughs> dad and mum. And that when people see the melon heads in the woods is actually the ghosts of the children playing there's also a fifth version of the story but we don't like that one there was a guy this doesn't even make any sense there was a guy that went to seminary school seminary school yeah like a catholic school was that to train to be a priest yes right okay but it's like to train to be a priest to like university level like Um, of theological studies and one of the boys who went there but like in the 70s basically like put out some statement to some magazine saying that melon heads weren't real and it was because the seminary was quite near dracula drive and they used to play in those woods and the other kids would bully them and call them melon heads because they were jealous of how smart they were 
But that doesn't um, make any sense because the legend goes back to like the 1800s. So I'm like, well, no. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could call them like kids melon heads for being smart based on the legends. Yeah, it would make more sense that people already believed in the melon heads and then yeah. like this melon head. Mm, they turned it into a sort of slur. Yeah. All right. So what one do you believe, Leslie? I think logically it would be the crows looking after kids that have water on the brain. I forget the medical term for it. Hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus, yeah. Me too. Okay. Well Moving swiftly. On. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Oh, so there's a true story. Um, oh, I forgot what's in my own notes. I was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> so there's a definitely true story um, from Connecticut. The stories, the story of the leather man and the no. darn man. Fuck off. I don't, of all the things you've said so far, the leather man and the what man? And the darn man. And the darn man, I don't believe, sounds real. Unless he's like a leather man as and he makes leather, of like hides and things. He is a leather man who makes leather out of hides and oh, things. Oh, okay, so he's not a man that's... He's not, not leather a... face. Yeah, I was thinking, is he leather face or is he made out of leather? Is he, like, sentient leather? Like, I like he doesn't that have idea, any I like that idea. It's quite weird. It's not as weird as him being made out of sentient leather, but... Okay. So the leather man was famed for making perfect leather clothing, and he would travel a 365-mile round trip by foot, from his home by the Danbury Library in Connecticut to New York, selling his wares along the way. That's he would that. make the journey every 34 to 36 days. Well, it's like a travelling salesman, isn't it? It's like you do it, the Mr. Softy would come round every second week or every second Sunday. Yeah, but he didn't have like a car or he just would what? walk. Yeah, so he walked... So he wasn't selling anything. He was just walking about. What I'm no, confused. He, he was. He was walking and then offering. Basically, because he was so good at leather craft, he would be walking and then just basically be like, "I'm really good at leather craft. Do you want anything leather?" People would say, "Yeah." He would so he's go not like and a get leather. And he's like, not like a buffalo bill type, and he's like stripping ladies' flesh off their backs to make a like a, a lady dress out of like leather. A leather nope. lady. Okay. He would just be like, oh, okay, you want leather boots, that's fine, I'm going to stay in your wee village for, like, one day and then give you the, like, best leather boots you've ever seen and then carry on walking. And he would basically just do this, like, 34-day walk. All right. And then would return home for two days, rest Wait, a bit, and then do his homes in Connecticut, uh, right, okay. Danbury in Connecticut. All right, and then so do I... that same journey again, walking for 34 days. I don't, I don't actually find that so strange. What what else is there about this guy? Who's the darn man then? Is he so, like his enemy? Is, he, is it like, <laughs> is it like Leverman versus Darn Man? And they had beef with each other. They were yeah, like Luther to Superman. Yeah, so they would walk in opposite directions, and then when they actually met, they would have a big fight. And he would try and darn him to death, and he would try and tan him out of leather. He would literally tan his face in. So I've written here the leather man was mute, which is a lie. Um, oh. because <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a lie. He could only commu- he could communicate in like really broken English, so English mm-hmm. clearly wasn't his first language, and he had no family that anyone knew of. Like he wasn't originally from Danbury, but he'd lived there for most of his life. He couldn't really communicate with other people, but he was just like extraordinarily good at leather craft. Right, I'm going to send you another photo. Never a child. 
did anyone know him as a kid or anything? So he just nope, nobody knew him as a kid. There is an right. actual photo of him, which will send oh. you. It's hanging up in the Danbury Library, um, and it's the only image of him. A photograph. I thought it was like he lived in times before the photos. Like no, well, it's really weird because he wasn't like obviously wealthy or anything, and that's so. That's a photo taken of him in eighteen eighty-five. Oh my god, he is weird. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Bill. <laughs> look at his trousers. It's all patchwork. I wouldn't. I don't know if that that looks creepy to me. Like the le- you said, it the leather was flawless, but that looks like he's just patched them up like in little squares. And he's. I mean, yeah, head stuff's crazy, and that must be it. like imagine somebody walked into your town. You'd be I'm stinking assuming, as like, well. Stinking because they just walk around wearing what that guy's wearing, looking at how that guy looks and going like, leather boots. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'll buy some leather boots off you. But then yeah, he comes back with the greatest boots you've ever seen. So what happened to the leather man? Um, so before I tell you what happened, I'm going to jump back to your question of... Uh, oh, so nobody is aware of him actually being born because obviously nobody knew his family but they believe that he was born around 1839 don't know why they believe that but they do uh, and he made his journey every single month on a loop from the year 1859 until the year 1889 that's mental so for 29 years <laughs> every single month he would walk from one side of Connecticut to the other side of New York, asking people if they wanted any leather craft. I wonder if he would make me a leather book, like a, a book bound in leather or leather satchel. I wonder if he does accessories. I'm imagining you asking Wait, a guy like that and him going book and then disappearing into the woods <laughs> and then coming back the next day with the most beautiful leather journal you've ever seen. Why does he go book? <laughs> he does look like he would say that though. And he's like kind of in the front picture, he's covering his mouth. I'm assuming that's his hat, big meat hand, or I, I, I hope that's not leather. It looks like he's sticking two fingers in his mouth, going, Bleh. I'm not saying the leather man was like maybe going around everywhere he walks, he's, he's spewing everywhere. <laughs> He's just making few noises or shouting boats, boats. <laughs> Wait, well, who's Darnman? Uh, in nineteen. Oh, hold on. Yeah, so Darnman. Uh, so the story of the Leatherman is reversed. If we look at the route taken by the very well dressed, but completely mute. He's actually mute this time. Uh, suit maker known as the Darnman. Why are all these like sort of gypsy tailors going about? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so apparently the two never met, as far as anyone can tell, but they followed the exact same route. People didn't were know whether they, or not they knew each other because were they around in the same timeline. Yeah, same time. Right. Okay. <laughs> this is so strange. The darn man couldn't <laughs> speak. The leather man could only speak some words in broken English, so there was no way to stand. But yeah, they. <laughs> And it's not like they did the same look and the darn man would then stay in the leather man's house and then would leave. And the, like the darn man <laughs> apparently stayed somewhere in New York, but would walk to Dansbury in Connecticut over the space of 34 days, then return to his... I feel like that should be a musical. A beautiful romantic musical. Yeah. <laughs> Will they ever meet or cross paths? The darn man. <laughs> 
Oh shit, right, we as a ghost, but still. Uh, the darn man is believed to be dead because otherwise you'd be extraordinarily old. Yeah, but... But nobody's ever actually, like, found a body. The leather man is definitely dead, sadly, because his body was found in the sawmill woods in Mount Pleasant in 1889. Do you think he just died of natural causes? Uh, it was a couple of days after he had been at another place and sold some leatherware there, but was he buried? Apparently, he'd been checked out by a doctor in uh-huh. Dansbury before he started that specific sales journey, and they'd informed him that he had mouth cancer, so it was likely that the cancer had spread. Oh, that oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I wonder if they buried him wrapped in chamois leather. The way he would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and and when at all, <laughs> they threw him into a hole. They just threw him into a hole. That was horrible, Mark. I was thinking he would have like a nice like funeral in a big leather casket covered in chamois leather, and everyone wore leather hats and boots that he'd made for them. And you just go, and he just fucking threw him in a hole, <laughs> left him there. That's exactly how it went. <laughs> it was Darman. I blame him. He's responsible for giving him the mouth cancer. Just saying, suspicious. I mean, who would you rather have? Not, not in a bet. Like, I don't mean in a sexual way. Who would you rather have, <laughs> lever man or darn man? Who would you rather come across? Right? Would you like a nice bit of lever? I don't imagine you would, because you're more vegetarian, aren't you? So you wouldn't want to wear lever. No, I would rather that the darn man. The darn man came and made me a natty suit. Yeah. See, I quite like lever. I think it's. But it'd be too warm to wear. I don't think I could really. If he warm, if he made me a nice leather jacket or like I say, like a leather bound book, I would be happy with that. But if I came across Darn Man, I would have him make me a nice silk frock coat. Do you think, based on his outfit as well, when it's saying like he made the most wonderful leather wears, that that was actually it? But for some reason, that was just how easily impressed people were back then. Like you'd have I mean, to misshape in odd sized leather boots and be like, "Wow, they're the finest leather boots I've ever seen." Thank you, Mister Leatherman. <laughs> I mean, the top of his boots are quite cool because they've got like big turn, turn, what are they call turn ups, turn downs. Uh, I don't know what they call them. Turn, and, turn, yeah, turn ups, turn ups. Turn ups. No, I don't know, but I know what you mean. Not what you say, and they've got massive buttons. I quite like the look of that, but the rest of it just looks like a patchy mess. And his jackets, honestly, looks far too big for him, and it does look like he's just literally found some odd bits of leather quite stiff looking leather as well and patched up really badly with like bits of twine and his hat's a state <laughs> and his hat's a state <laughs> I mean it is but I like the way you said that well good for him at least he tried at least he tried to make a living I don't know it's... what he charged for the leather unless he just wanted food and board in exchange for some nice levers but leather's expensive where's he getting all that leather from yeah, he must have been charging for it because otherwise, how was he purchasing the leather? Like, he can't have a leather supplier or, he's wandering for a month at a time. So I know, but was he hunting down like animals maybe in between like his walk from Connecticut because that's quite wood, woodland area at that time, I'd imagine. Maybe he's hunting down deer or bear, not, maybe not bears, but like deer or cows. Buffalo. <laughs> I don't think there's <laughs> buffalo in New York. <laughs> Something like that. Or people. You never know. Well, it's very interesting. 
Is there anything else in Connecticut that we need? Um, the only other one I've got is no? the because I didn't realise it was a real story. So you know, like oh. the urban myth of the pigman. I think I talked about the pigman. Does he hang around like a bridge or something? That's a goat man. No, you talked about the goat man. Wait, is the pigman like a guy who lived in a shack or something? And he that's a different goat man. Oh, for fuck's sake, goat men are. <laughs> okay, what's the pigman then? The pigman's <laughs> just that like American myth about the. No. Like basically, if you're a woman and you're walking home alone at night, you have to be careful because a guy might show up wearing a decapitated pig's head and murder you. I don't know that well-known myth. <laughs> and it was in, um, it's, I, I mean, to be fair, I don't know it because I don't live in America, but like yeah. it's been in lots of shows. So it's in like American Horror Story. It's in a lot of like old. What American like, Horror Story was that in? Uh, Roanoke. Shit, you're right. Okay, yeah. But again, this now makes sense having read man. this because it's never explained in Roanoke. It's just that there's the pig man hanging about and then he, he chases like the female cast members and they scream and run away and are like, ah, it's the pig man. And I was like, why is everybody just... I know sometimes American Horror Story has disconnects, but I did while watching it think, why is everybody just going like, ah, it's the pig man, as though like it's pre-established that there's a pig man there. Okay, well, how did the pig man come about? It's not the it's result of a pig fucking a man, is it? Like the monkey situation? Well, it's interesting that it's been in like loads of shows and stuff, including apparently Seinfeld when I was reading up on it. Because it's based on one story. So... Right. Apparently, not apparently, this was a real police report. There was a bunch of teenagers, so basically like two sets of teenage couples had gone out in their two cars. Right, so I am kind of right then. It does involve teens and cars. Yes. Right, okay. So they'd gone out to like a makeout point Mm. and they could see what looked like a guy beating a woman to death in the distance down by the river. Right. So... The four like of them got out of their cars. Well, basically, like, the two that saw it went and informed the other two. And they all got out of their cars. And, and the four of them went really down to, to tackle this guy. But as yeah. they were getting closer, they could see how huge the guy was. And then they got closer and saw that he was wearing a decapitated pig's head over his face. Right, so it's like a bit like Leverface if he wore an animal's skin instead of a human's face. Yes. Right, okay. And Is Leatherface trans <laughs> i'm sure the trans community probably don't want to welcome leatherface into their fold but technically he was trans because he wore a woman's i'm sure it was a woman's face he wore and he didn't have tits or am i, confused? Yeah, I thought he was just like quite hefty maybe he was just a guy with tits okay sorry back to your story <laughs> pig man so Pigman, so I'm too fair, I'm glad you interrupted it with someone like a <laughs> chat because it's quite a disgusting story. So okay. the woman was basically rather than him beating her off the ground, it was that she was struggling yeah. to get away because he was holding her head in the like shallow water at the edge of the river. Okay. And as they got closer, she stopped struggling and he let go of her hair and she didn't get up. And then he started to run at them. So they all screamed and ran off, mm. got in their cars, drove away, went to the nearest police station. And basically, and that's the story. The police could never find any trace of a man wearing a decapitated pig head, nor could they find any trace of the woman that he'd apparently been killing. All four of the teenagers were insistent that, like, they hadn't been drinking, they hadn't been taking any drugs. They 100% had actually actively got out of their cars and gone down to the river edge. And there was a very large man with 
a decapitated pig's head over his face drowning someone but right so i'm assuming this took place before the age of camera phones yes it was like in the i don't know it wasn't it was in the 40s i went to say it was in the 60s it was in the 40s oh right so what's your theory on the, the pig man is he never been seen since no he's never been seen since there's no other well, legends there's no other sightings of him there's but it's like somehow embedded in like Connecticut culture which is it, well it's strange because if it if it only took if it was only seen in the 40s why then would it be in Roanoke unless they're trying to retrofit it to say that he's always been a pig man and maybe area? like the, the legend of the, but I just find it I mean I, my, my explanation of the story would be that some deranged guy actually was wearing the head of a pig and drowned a woman in a river and four teenagers saw him it's probably what happened but I just find it interesting that, like, obviously there's, you know, lots of insane murderers out there, but that that's such, like, a a legendary Connecticut thing. And it's, like, it's weird because it's just one (sighs) single one-off crime that's never been repeated. Maybe Connecticut's not got much going for it, so that's the only thing they can really cling to in terms of a legend. But I'm thinking, like... sexy gay family murdering vampires. (laughs) That's a good legend. And they've got a place called Dracula Lake Road. Dracula road in velvet lane and oh, and they've got melon heads yeah but that's kind of sad but the fact unless the melon heads are like delinquents and they go around trashing the town no, no you're right to be fair <laughs> all, <laughs> all of the connecticut stories are sad yeah it's kind of rather sad isn't it maybe apart from the vampire one i'm kind of sad for the guy because he never like for henry because i imagine he probably thought he was going to spend the rest of his life as this guy's companion only to be thrown tossed aside like some I don't know common whore <laughs> yeah, he was going to be la fou noir but he was killed instead <laughs> la fou noir that's quite which a good is name. of course uh, French you for the goth faggot the goth faggot <laughs> <laughs> another good name for a porno <laughs> I thought you were going to say for a band, but it works for either. Can we form a band called The Goth Faggot? <laughs> In fact, if we were a folk duo, we would be The Goth Faggot. So. We would be! <laughs> and you can't say it's offensive because a faggot is also um, something you eat. You can and that's buy exactly the reference we're making. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't call us um, um, politically incorrect because we're referring to the, the faggots, as in the meat faggots that you buy in Iceland. <laughs> the goth and if uh, Disney can use the word, so can we. Yeah, we can as well. Yeah, Thanks the rules. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. I don't know if I want to go to Connecticut, because I don't imagine. I think it would just be like wandering around Calder Glen uh, Country Park. Yeah. Like houses. I would like to see the vampire house, so that would be cool. Can you send I believe, me a picture? But then in my head, the vampire came from somewhere else. Like he was just yeah. visiting. Yeah, even he was bored of Connecticut. So yeah, <laughs> almost immediately. Fuck's sake. Maybe he'd started turning the guy, and the guy did kill his dad and brothers, and was like, I love you so much, I've killed my family for you. And he was like, I'm not actually that into you. You're not the type. Like, I, I would just be like, polite when I turn, Jake, I'm going to break your neck now. Yeah, maybe it's like, I thought you were a nice lad, but it turns out you're a fucking psycho. So I know I'm a vampire, but you're taking things too far, mate. <laughs> I'm away. Even for me, that's mad. <laughs> And then he turned into the pig man. Maybe he's not dead. Maybe the, the, the pig, the pig man, man lives on. I just want to like say about the pig man situation. 
if if there was only ever one kill confirmed, and even then we don't know who his victim is, so you'd think someone would be looking for them if it's the nineteen forties, like there'd be a missing person, and there's no evidence of the body or anything. So I can imagine why, like maybe the police wouldn't believe the kids that they'd seen a pig man. But then it's nineteen forty, so I, I guess the most thing they would be doing is smoking the reefer, if anything. Like if it was the sixties and seventies, they'd probably think they were on acid or something. Which is more a logical explanation, or in the nineties on like. Also, feel like the police in the seventies, if a bunch of kids had come in covered in blood, holding a woman's head, and they'd been like, "A pig man decapitated this woman," they'd be like, "Okay, with your crazy reefer kids, get out of the station." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, kids, with your games, stop taking the wacky backy, get back out, go home to mom and pop. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, my what I'm trying to my point is that I'm certain that if there was a man going around weighing on a pig's head, that seems like quite a look for a serial killer. And also, I started singing "She's Got the Look in My Head." There. She's got the look. <laughs> <laughs> He's strutting home in his sexy heels. Everyone's like, "Ooh, George has got a new look." It's all the fashion in Connecticut right now. Well, just me. But I would, you would think he would go and kill again. Like, you wouldn't just kill once. You think there would be more incidents where there's a pig, like the pig man would go out and he would kill more people. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me that it would just be one time and there was one time only. Like, you think there would be more people. Like, you know, like there was loads of missing people in New Orleans and they, yeah. people are theorizing, oh, maybe vampires. Why would they? Why would they not go and kill more people in Connecticut unless it was just, unless it, maybe it just was a one-time thing? Or maybe he just killed like, like not like hundreds, but maybe he killed like seven or eight women. But because it was the forties, if he killed them like spread about in Connecticut, maybe nobody ever connected it. And then that. Might or maybe it was just a sex of. game gone wrong. Maybe it was a sex game gone right. Maybe, maybe she maybe didn't actually was. die. Maybe, maybe that, that was, was what they were into. She was like, yeah, you that pretend to drown me by the side of a river yeah and i'll squeal like a pig weighing a pig's head and it'll be really and then hopefully somebody sees this because i'm into voyeurism and as soon as you look at me i'm gonna pretend <laughs> i'm dead that's what really gets me off as soon as the kids got in and sort of she jumped up and was like oh my sweet jesus that was the best night i've ever had <laughs> i came <so> <laughs> And they went home and had a cup of tea and went, uh, I was going to say, went to sleep, but I'd imagine they probably... I went immediately to sleep, covered in swamp water and big blood. It's just... <laughs> it was a true romantic story all along. A truly romantic tale for our time. <laughs> I'm really enjoying that the ones that I told you that were quite light were actually kind of sad at the end, but we've turned this horrific one into a... <laughs> a love story. For... Yeah. Well, they wanted to spice up their sex life. <laughs> this Christmas, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet back together again in Pig Man of Connecticut. <laughs> Drown me like one of your French kids. <laughs> I really want to say that, baby. <laughs> Celine Dion sings the theme tune. <laughs> it, could be, oh. it could be that uh, other Celine Dion song, I'm Alive, when she gets up out of the mud. When you call me, when you call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
this has been fun. Joe, <laughs> <Thanks. It's us. laughs> <laughs> you know, America, your myths are fantastic. So thanks very much for the, the entertainment. <laughs> you rock. Oh, that was so much. That was so good. Uh, okay, so let's choose a number between one and what? Uh, 29. Right, I'm going to go. Did I go low or high last time? Uh, well, I can't. I can't find it, so that's not helping. Fuck it, right, okay. Mm, You went almost dead in the middle last time. Right, okay, I'm going to go number two. I'm not going to go a number two, I'm choosing number two, just to be clear. I don't actually know what this is, because when we, I remember writing the name of the cryptid. The movie Lovely Molly, which is the horror movie about the Orobus, uh, I don't remember any of this at all. No, neither da, but it is number two, so we could have written this down like three years ago. Were we high or something? Maybe. <laughs> Were we like all goofed up on Ripper Magoos or something? Like, um... Imagining Pigmen. Right, what was this film called? Lovely Molly. It's apparently Lovely... a horror film about the aerobus. Molly. It is a movie, 2012. Lovely Molly is a 2011 American supernatural horror film directed by Eduardo Sanchez. The film initially had the working title of The Possession, but was later changed to Lovely Molly. Yeah, I'm feeling weird now because I don't remember us discussing this at all. And I feel like, again, like this is just being conjured up right now in the imagination <laughs> lands. That is my mind. I'm going to check what an aerobus is. In my little duck stream. Should I check what an aerobus is, or is that too much of a, sm- no, a spoiler? No, no, we don't want to spoil it, so okay. we'll let our listeners know. Well, I'm going to have to watch this movie now, so... Yeah, so next okay. week we will explain to you what an aerobus is and tell you about the horror film Lovely Molly. All right, so we are going to be doing another Technically a Movie Review episode, which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, thanks very much. I'm going to go and try and put my head in the freezer for a bit, and yeah. I'm going to see if a man will take me down by the river and push me in the mud till he's dressed as a pig. Good idea. Bye. Bye. Real like a piggy. Bye.